Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray this message helps you connect to God as you find your place, reveal your purpose, and unlock your potential. Let's head live to Pastor Chris for today's powerful message. Well, let's get right into this thing. You might say, Pastor Chris, what what are you teaching about? Well, I felt in my heart, and this was kind of cool. At least I thought it was cool. I felt in my heart that it was really, really important to be speaking some powerful truths about understanding how important it is that we do not waver. I want you to look with me at Hebrews 10, 21. King James reads really well. And then after the King James, we're going to read it in the Passion. Just reads a little clear. I would like to read this to you because I felt this, this scripture really exploded in my heart when I read it for the other day. Man, I thought of you. Having a high priest, Jesus, over the house of God, it says, let us draw near. That means come near him. With a full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience, our body washed with pure water, let us hold fast the profession of faith. Now, I want you to understand this. We're going to go slow. It says, let us hold fast. Now, that word, I'm going to break all these words down for you to see this. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promise. Okay? So here, here, here's, here's elements of breakdown. Number one, he said, look, hold fast. Now, that means to me, and I pulled it up. Basically, it means to, to um, <clears throat> detain, retain, hold back from going away of, to basically what? Hold fast means don't get away from saying what you're supposed to say no matter what. That's big. Because why do we have to hold fast? That word profession is confession. Homologio. It's acknowledgement, confession, professed. That word homologio in the Thayer's definition says this. It's what? Excuse me. Objectively, profession is confession or what one confesses. So we understand that. Okay, so this is our confession. Hold fast. We're saying, hang on, hold on to the confession of your faith. Okay, that's big. So he's telling you what to hold on to. Don't hold on to your complaint. Don't hold on to your this, that, or your other thing. Hold fast your confession of faith. Now, if you don't have a confession of faith, we got problems. Because there's nothing, there's nothing to hang on to if you don't have the right stuff. Hold fast your profession of faith. And look what it says here. I love this. Man, I like this. Hold fast, right, your confession of faith without wavering. Now, that, that word, right, means exactly what it says. Don't waver. Don't remove yourself from saying what you're supposed to say. Now, watch why. Because he is faithful, that promise. So this makes me see something. A lot of times, we're going to let go of our confession because we waver. Why do we waver? We waver because 
we don't see anything happening and therefore we let go of what it is we know we should confess. Great news, guys. Why? Because we, wavering is the pressure of the promise. That's kind of big. When the promise gets pressed and we waver, we, we understand that, man, we start, we start kind of almost vacillating in our, in our, in our, in our, um, in our faithfulness towards God and his word. That's why God did. He said, right, what did he say? Any man that wavered, let him ask in faith, but if any man wavers, don't let him think that he should be able to receive from God, for he is what? He is unable, because he's unstable to do what it is. So don't wavereth. That word waver means almost to compromise it. And one of the best definitions I have is this. Um, don't be moved. That's one, unmovable. So, you see what I'm saying? Keep your confession on about. Okay, so one of the things we gotta understand is Christianity is basically called, in certain circles, the great confession. But most Christians don't understand that. We're defeated a lot of times because uh, in life, because we do, not, we do not believe and confess the right things, we're believing and confessing the wrong things, and then we got a problem. That's why Proverbs 6, 1 and 2. Now, if you pull up Proverbs 6, 1 and 2, King James is great. He said, Land, look, you, you, you're going over. We used to talk like this back in the day. You know, you, you're why to watch your mouth, right? Proverbs 6, 1 and 2 gets real quick. So my son, if, if, I'm telling you, if thou be a surety for thy friend, if they have stricken thy hand with a stranger, they are snared with the words of your mouth, thou art taken with the words of your mouth. Now that's, that's, that's right there. You are snared. Now that word snared, right, is, you know, Hebrew words, I've told you this, it's a picture, right? It's to stumble. It's to, it's basically, um, it's, it's a mess is what it is. It, it's, it's a problem. It's to be trapped. Your words are trapping you in your future, okay? They ensnare you. Like, like an animal gets caught in a snare, your words are ensnaring you, right? Um, I, I, I like this too. This gets a little bit over, but um, you kind of get messed up by this thing if you're not careful because the Amplified, look at the Amplified um, um, classic just for verse two, Proverbs 6 and 2, and I even like it in the message, but we'll, let's just go there real quick because he makes it just a little bit... Um, you could just go, yeah, you can go there. You are snared with the words of your lips and you are caught by the speech of your mouth. This reads a little clearer, you know what I'm saying? And that's fine, we don't need any more translation. That's good. You guys get what he's saying. He said you're snared with the words of your mouth. So here's the reason why. Why am I snared with the words of my mouth? Because if my words are not faith-filled, I got problems. So negative confession is dangerous. So I gotta make sure I have faith-filled words because if they're not full of faith, they're probably full of fear. Words are one of the most important things in the universe because they determine what God can do and what God can't do. 
And that's Mark 9, 23. You know that one. You know? And that's big. These are spiritual. Mark 9, 23 says this. Man, your mouth uh, is important because your beliefs are connected to them. Jesus said in him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. So remember this. Beliefs, beliefs, beliefs can only be really truly formed by faith because that's what they are. And beliefs must be released through words. So doubt is released through words and beliefs are released through words. It depends where you're leaning, okay? So that's big. So you got to write this down. This is really true. Words are a spiritual law, okay? They're governed by God, and it's the law that God works with. It's the law of confession. It's the law of words. It's the spiritual law of words. It's the spiritual law of confession. Now, you might say, well, I don't want to play by the rules. It's just like anything else. We have laws in the earth. If you break the laws, you get in trouble. If you don't break the laws, you're okay. So that's the same thing with God. God has spiritual laws. God does nothing without saying it first. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And now here's the big thing. Ephesians 5 and 1, and we'll just stay with the King James. It starts explaining to me and you, you must be what? A like-minded imitator. Be ye there for followers of God as the old children. That word follower means be an imitator. That's pretty, that's pretty good right there. Because if you can get an understanding of, of Ephesians 5 and 1, okay, um, because it's important, okay, it's like almost a proper behavior or an imitator, and man, that, that's, that's pretty strong. Because if you're an imitator of God, um, what that basically means is like, you, 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 um, it's uh, Amplified Classic. If you put it in Amplified Classic, it'll make sense. Because it, it, it says imitators. Let them see it. Because sometimes you need to see something. You know, it's good for you to see it too. Therefore, what? Because I don't make this stuff up. You know, sometimes people think like, you know what I mean? Like, Pastor Chris. No, it's, this is, see what he's saying? Therefore, be imitators of God. How about this one? Be an imitator. Copy him and follow his example. That's strong. As well-beloved children imitate their father. Ain't that cool? So if you're an imitator, you do it like God does it, this is how God does it. God who quickeneth the dead and call those things that be not as though they were. So God's a caller, notter of things as though they were. So if you're going to be like God, you're going to call a lot of things that be not as though they were. To imitate God, you must act like him. Jesus did the same thing. God is a God of faith, man. So once you operate on faith, you're operating on God's level. God released faith in his words. So where's faith? It's in the word. What happens when you speak words? You release faith. But you got to mix faith in the words together. Now, now you say, Pastor Chris, can I just be speaking words without faith? Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Now, let me explain that. What do you mean I'm just speaking words without faith? Well, you could just be, you, could, you have two forms of, of, of word identification within the word. The logos, the written word, the rhema, the spoken word, okay? When you speak the rhema, word of God, you're giving it life. The written word is logos. The spoken word is rhema. The rhema word of God must be released by faith. You got to believe it. Does that make sense? You, you say, who, now watch this. How do we know this? Because he said, whatsoever you desire, when you pray, believe, you receive. But watch this. Swing it even further. Whoever shall say unto the mountain, be that removed, shall be cast into the sea. Right? So he goes, hey, whoever shall say unto the mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart but shall believe whatsoever he says. He shall have whatever he says. You got to believe what you say. So just because faith is in the word doesn't mean you mix faith with it just because you say it. Now that, that right there will lose a lot of people because you're like, well, am I supposed to say it? And then this is where the church, church taught it. I think it's goofy. Well, keep saying it, you'll get faith for it. No, because he explains here, these are, this is such good stuff, man. I wish to God, America needs to hear, the whole church needs to hear this. That's why you guys got to share this stuff, man. We got to help people, man. Hebrews 6, Hebrews 6 and 10, watch this, right? Uh, what am I saying? I got it backwards. <laughs> I, got all, I got all excited, right? I'm like all pumped up. Like, Pastor Chris, you excited about it. Remember we were over there and we were like, I was like, hey, 1019. Yeah, that'd be nice if I went to back to where I was, right? You'd be like, Pastor Chris, what are you doing? Um, it's like 10-something. Hang on. Grant's probably like, what in the heaven are you doing? I'm getting all pumped up. Um, I'll tell you what, what, why it's important, because my head's um, pulling this thing. When you go to Hebrews 10.21 is where we start, where we left off. Um, I want you to see this, because look what he says when he goes down, okay? Having a high priest over the house of God, remember he says in 23, let us hold, now watch this, let us hold fast, the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is promised, he who is faithful is promised, he promised it, right? Now watch this, watch this. Let us consider one another provoking the what? Love and good works, okay? He's still on it, and for time's sake, he keeps going and keeps going. Now watch this. Look at verse, uh, we can read 20, 20, 20, uh, 20 not, not forsake 25, let's just read it, I'm in a rush. Not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as the manner of some. That's why you got to go to church right there. Do not forsake the assembling of yourself together. That's why the local church should never, 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 I don't think, ever, ever stop meeting, congregating. It's very important. You need it. And you need to be, you need to be connected to the congregation God wants you connected to. That's so important. That's why, like, you need to be here, man, getting this stuff. Because each and every week, man, I'm going to take you to another level. Now, I understand some of you, logistically, you have to watch online. But you should be committed to watching online. Because, I mean, you know, watching online can take your life to another level, right? And what? And not forsaking the assembly. What's that mean? Don't leave what you started. He's saying the same thing with confession. Don't leave what you started doing. You were saying it, don't leave it. You were going, don't leave it. As my, but what? But exhorting one another so much the more as you see this day approach it. 
For if we sin willfully after receiving the knowledge, there remained no sacrifice for sin. What he's not saying that is like, you can't be forgiven. You can be forgiven. But he said, what? Get away from that willful sin. That's dangerous. You know what I mean? If you know to do good, do it. But a certain judgment's coming, whatever, right? Shall devour the adversary. But look at what I want you to get, 28, right? He that despises Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Now, that scripture right there comes up in other places. How do we establish truth? By the mouth of two or three witnesses. So you see what he's saying? He despised his most law, died without mercy under two or three witnesses. He's saying, hey, established truth is out of witness, not repetitive confession. Okay? Now I'm going to let you sit on that for a minute. Does that make sense? So we establish truth based on witnesses, not repetitive confession. That's the God's honest truth. That'll save you years, bro. Okay, how do I prove that? 2 Corinthians 13, 1. 2 Corinthians 13, 1 is going to prove this. So did you get that? So he's given us secrets through the word of God, revealed mysteries to understand how we're supposed to hold fast our confession. 2 Corinthians 13, 1. This is the third time I'm coming to you. In the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. Now that, stay right there now. What do you mean every two or three witnesses established? Now go slow, right? Establish, what does it mean? Okay? It's, it's, it's the word meaning, um, um, basically, it's hold on, lay up, present, covenant, that's, that's pretty big, to cause or make to stand. See? So he's like, hey, that word established is huge. Big, man. So you got a, two or three witnesses produce establishment of the word of God, which makes confession. So church tried to do it like this. Here's his head. Say this a million times and you're going to get faith for it. I reject that wholeheartedly. I'd rather you get truth, 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 truth from the word of God, establish a witness, and then release the word. I've been saying this for years. A judge never goes to the crime scene per se, and sees the thing, he looks at evidence to determine whether someone's innocent or guilty. That's big, man. Big, big. So, um, now, let's go slow. Got to realize this, write this down. Spoken words program your spirit, your heart, for either success or defeat. So spoken words are pro out of the abundance of the heart, let the mouth speak. So spoken words are creating upon your heart either success or defeat. Why is that? Because words are containers. They either carry faith, fear, they produce after their kind. So words 
either carry faith or fear. That's Romans 10, 17. Y'all know this stuff. So words are containers of faith or fear. Why, why one or the other? Because faith is reciprocal as fear and fear is reciprocal as faith. So the opposite. So Romans 10, 17. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So the word of God in it has faith. Yes. And the way you get faith is by hearing it. Yes. And the way you receive faith when you hear it determines whether you can keep it. Oh, there's a part right there. What do you mean? What happens if you don't accept what you, what happens if you do not accept what you hear? Faith don't stay, faith goes. So then you got to hear again. Faith comes by hearing and the word. So when the word shows up, faith comes. Now, what are you going to do with it? You have to accept or reject. If you accept it, then you can what? Form faith-filled words in the heart and then release it with your mouth. If you reject it, you got to hear all over again. So now you got to ask yourself the question, am I living in the real authority of the word of God or am I like hanging on to parts and pieces? Because there's creative power in that word. Until you live under the authority of the word of God, you will not have authority in the word of God. You have to live under, if you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, that's his word, you'll then what? He'll lift you up. If you do not humble yourself to the word of God or submit yourself to the final authority of the word, you're not going to have authority with your word in the earth. So basically, the level of your power in the earth of authority is the level you put yourself under. This is how it works. God's word to become creative power means you actually produce this word in your heart and then release it with the words of your mouth. Man, I'm telling you, the more you believe God, the more powerful you become. That's how you have dominion. Problem is, we don't speak enough. But telling you is this. There's creative power in the spoken word of God because when you take the word of God and speak it in the earth, it's the voice of Jesus in the earth. So God's word is never void of power. There's power in the word. We're void of speaking God's word, and therefore, we ain't where we're supposed to be. You sometimes look at circumstances too long, we lose sight of God's word. You're messing this thing up, man, with the words of your mouth. Nothing God ever said does not have power in it. The only thing that makes the word of God powerless is when it's unspoken. Because it's just written. I'm telling you.
You got to believe and speak, man. You got to say what Jesus said. Every faith principle and every spiritual law that God set forth in his word was for your benefit. It was designed to put you over in life. Now you got to learn how to release faith in your words. Now that's big. Because you can have what you say if you learn to release faith from your heart and your words. I'm going to teach you how to do this now. Look at Matthew 8.13. Jesus said this. You guys pulling this in now. This will be two nights of this. It's a lot. Jesus said in the centurion, go your way. As thou hast believed, so be it unto thee. And thy servant was healed for that very moment. He didn't say it would only work if, if, you, know, if you did this or you did that or you you know, he said this. He said, look, he said this centurion. He said what? Hey, go thy way as you have believed. So it be done unto you. Seed time and harvest right there. Come on. How did he believe? He believed Jesus could do it and he did it. He asked. Faith talks. Faith produces results. That's Mark eleven twenty three 23 all day. Whosoever shall say unto the mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart. Stop right there. Doubt is the thief of God's greater blessing. Shall not doubt in his heart. What if I'm doubting in my heart? Where is that? That's your spirit. How does doubt get in your heart? Because it got in your head. Now, what is doubt? People don't know what doubt is. Doubt is not as much unbelief as doubt is differing from what God said. And the differing from what God said creates the unbelief. Does that make sense? So doubt not in your head, right? Doubt not in your heart. Brother Hagin said this for years. Faith will work in your head Faith, um, faith will work in your heart with doubt in your head. I said, what did he say? Faith will work in your heart with doubt in your head. Your head can be like, oh my God, this is crazy. This is nuts. Reason, right? Compounding pressure of reason. Oh my God, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Oh my God. But faith in the heart is formed from the word. That's Mark chapter four. Remember that? Mark chapter 4 is the, the best chapter, as far as I'm concerned, in the whole Bible. Chapter, not scripture. I gotta, I'm, I'm kind of partial to some scriptures, you know. But it's the best chapter because it says, talks about the seed of the word of God in the soil of the heart. These are they by the wayside. So just hear the word and immediately get, receive with God. Mark chapter 4 is a catalyst for the seed in the heart and the release. 30, 60, 100 fold return on the harvest of the seed. Everybody heard, here came the pressures, five pressures, affliction, persecution for the word, cares of the world, lust of other things, deceitfulness of riches, five enemies to the word of God. 
those five enemies must be identified every time you hear the word of God. Affliction and persecutions are pressures. Pressure related. Two out of the five are pressures. What is it trying to get you to do? After you hear, right? Because you can't stop people from hearing. The enemy doesn't even really get active until you hear. Once you hear, he tries to steal the word you've heard. How does he do that? Matthew 13 says, because you didn't understand it. You don't understand it. You hear it. You don't understand it. So is it as much as belief and unbelief? No, it's information of understanding which creates truth. I go, how could this happen? Accumulation of knowledge from God's word produces truth that allows faith to be conceived. So after I do that, I got to train myself to speak like God does because that's what God said to do. Man. So I start responding to situations like God would. So the word of God conceived in my heart, formed with my mouth, and spoken out of it is a creative force. So the word of God in my heart from my ear comes in my ear. In my ear, it goes in my heart. That's what the Bible says in Mark chapter 4. In the heart, you have to have accept or reject. Just don't reject it. Once you got it in the heart, you could what? Form it with your tongue and speak it with your mouth. Words. Releasing creative power. Proverbs 4, 22. 20 and 22. Look at Proverbs 4, 20 and 22. You're going to love this. Y'all know this stuff. Good to hear it again, though. Look at, he got it right there, but. My son, intend to my words, incline thine ear to my sayings. Now stay right there. Attend to my words, incline thine ear to what I say. Why? Because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. Wait a minute. Keep it in your eyes. And you'll keep it in your heart. Eye gate, ear gate. Faith comes in through your eyes and ears. Fear comes in the same way. Eyes and ears. Why? For they are what? Life. Zoe. God kind of life. That ain't normal life. Under those that find them and help to all their flesh. Their medicine, healing. You know, you ever, you, ever, you, ever, you ever get sick and, you know, the thing says, take three times a day? You know, take this in the morning, take this. You're supposed to take the gospel. Oh, come on, somebody. You'd be taking regular pills, right? You know what I mean? You'd be taking a bit medicine. Like maybe you got some antibiotic. You got some kind of thing going on. You take an antibiotic in the morning. Take an antibiotic in the afternoon. Take one before you go to bed. You know, you ever been on, um, what is that? Um, 
steroids, like that pregnisone or something, take five day one and take four and three and two and one, and now you're better. And I don't mind, take all the medicine you got to take. I'm not, I'm not excited about it, but you know what I'm saying. I'm like, I'm not knocking the medicine. When's the last time you took the gospel five times a day? And think of that one, did you now? What about the gospel? What do you mean the gospel? Well, that's that gospel we preach. The word of faith. I got you laughing now. God's word ministers to every part of your body. Everything you need. And that one, this is going quick, bro. Um, we will walk at the level of life where we release confession at. You only, you rise and sink by your confession. Look, I got a couple minutes here. I want, I want to talk to you about this, okay? We're going to pick this up. This is getting you, this is getting you um, more acclimated with how this stuff works. And, and the more you acclimate yourself to what God said, man, the better you're going to be at this. So let me, let me recap this, because that's like, you know, I go over 40 minutes, man. It's a lot. You know what I mean? That's a lot to absorb. So, all right, Pastor Chris, what are you trying to do? Hold fast. Remember that? Let's go back to that scripture. Hold fast the confession of your faith. Man. Woo. Hebrews 10, 23. Hold fast. Hang on. To the, not profession, but Confession. You look it up. Get a vine's concordance. Google it. Right? Hold. You know what's funny? I might even be able to find it for you and just show you real quick because I know I can. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I'm going to tell you, yeah, I like this. I like this. I'm going to see this. I'm going to look at something real quick. Woo! He said, keep a grip on the promises in the message. That's good, right? Keep a, let's hold a firm grip on the promises that keep us going. He always keeps his word. That's the message, right? And if you, we, we, so we must cling tightly, right? Look at this. Let us, what? So let, let's do it. Full of belief, confident, presentable inside and out. Let us keep a firm grip on the promises that keep us going. He always keeps his word. Let's see how. Woo! I love it. And then if we can be encouraging love and helping out. You see what I'm saying now? Hold fast. Keep a tight grip. Hang on to the promises. Hang on to the word. Hold fast your what? Profession of faith. I'm telling you, man, you cannot let go of your confession of faith. Um, I got a translation. Here it says, let us hold fast the confession of our expectation without yielding, for he who promised is trustworthy. Come on, man. Don't get better than that. So where's your confession? Where's your belief? Find your belief in the Word of God. Faith-filled words come from the Word of God. So you got the Word of God. The Word of God forms faith. Grab the Word of God. And don't stop saying what God said in his word, even though the circumstances don't look like they're changing. As long as you'll hold fast your confession of faith, you will see what God said you will see in the earth. Without what? 
wavering. Don't waver from saying what God said, no matter what season of life you're in. He's going to come through on what he said. Now, you might not see it, but don't worry about it. You'll see it eventually. Why? Because God cannot lie. He must come true on his promise. Amen? Ain't that good news? Come on, let me pray for you. That was a lot. Father, I just thank you for each and every person watching. I thank you, Lord, you're going to lead them. You're going to guide them. You're going to help them. You're going to provide great things in their arena of confession. You're going to show them what they need to say and how they need to say it in each and every season of life. And I thank you, Father, that you're leading them, you're guiding them, and you're helping them to hang on and hold on to their confession of faith to transform their life. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said, amen and amen. Praise God. Hey, guys, thank you so much. Don't forget, we've got relevant news coming on right now. But watch. Come back tomorrow night. I'm going to be tying more principles together about this truth, about holding fast without wavering. I think it's going to be real powerful. Tomorrow, I'm going to be talking about how do I not really waver? Like, you know, we all got an opportunity to like kind of like, man, now what? Don't worry about it. I'm going to show you how to not waver. We trust God. You lo Listen, um, you, are, you love God. You trust God. You thank God. You serve God. You're awesome. We all do it. But sometimes, man, it just gets like, man, I just waver sometimes just a little bit about where's it at? It's okay. It's normal. That's why God warned us. Hold fast your confession, profession. Hold fast. Don't let go of your mouth because if you don't let, let your mouth loose on the promise of God, don't let your mouth loose. Be an imitator of him, and you're going to see this thing. Faith and patience work together. I'm going to talk a little bit about that tomorrow. Faith and patience. Just be patient, man. God's got you. Kick back, relax. No, God's rolling. God's rolling smooth, you know what I mean? He ain't waiting on, he ain't waiting on nothing. He's just ready to do his thing. He's doing it, and he's faithful to you because he loves you. I love you. I'll see you soon. I'll see you tomorrow night, 7 p.m., Relevant Live. Get ready. It's coming up, and don't forget this. You ready for this? Get ready for this. Check this out. Sunday morning is coming. We're going to be pressing into promises, and we're going to see great things in the house of God. Share this. You're helping me. We've got to reach people. So important we reach people. I love you, and I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarnum. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, you can visit us at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. Thanks for listening.